Thank you for tuning in to Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast. Let the show begin. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and welcome back. Today, we are very excited to have Mark back on the show. For those who are new to our show, please go back and listen to episode number eight to learn more about Mark and his background as well as his system. Our first interview was mostly devoted to NHL, but now we are in the midst of the MLB baseball season, so it's a great time to talk more about the second half of Major League Baseball and how to maximize the profits from baseball. Hey, Mark, welcome back to the show. Ah, thanks for having me. Always, uh, always fun to talk to you guys. Let's jump right into the action. We are in the middle of Major League Baseball season, and it's a good time to discuss your MLB ABC system. Would you please start out by telling us a little bit more about how it works? Um, well, originally, I only did flat bets uh, before I came to Z-Code, and I, I had some level of success, but this was a big transformation for me to go into the progression style um, what some would call chase betting, um, where you bet a series uh, aggressively. Um, so I've incorporated some ABC principles into my old system of flat betting, and I use that same sort of discretion I had and only bet a full ABC progression when I have a, uh, a feeling that the team is going to win all three or four games, um, which allows me to basically flat bet three games in a row um, that I think will win, but as an ABC where I only need to hit one to be profitable. And then if once I hit one, I get out. What is ABC for those who are new to sports investing and betting terminology? Can you explain what it means a little better for them? Right. So the ABC, basically you, you take advantage of the statistical edge you have um, in a team uh, avoiding a sweep. So you, you have the same teams matching up with each other consecutively in three days in a row. Um, and you're allowed to evaluate the pitchers beforehand because most of it's announced already. So you can basically evaluate all three games as you go um, and determine that, you know, between these two identical teams with these predetermined pitching matchups, I think there's an edge for one team over the other consistently throughout the series. I don't think they'll get swept. In fact, I think they may sweep. Um, So you jump in with an A bet for how much you hope to win in the series. And then you uh, progress to cover those losses if you do lose an A bet or a B bet, where all you need to do is hit one of those bets. Um, last year, I think we went 46-1, and one, um, something like that in our ABC progressions. Uh, so uh, we, we've had a tremendous amount of success with this style. And um, the, the edge you have in two teams playing each other back-to-back-to-back is that you can really evaluate it as you go. Uh, a lot of guys use a uh, systematic, uh, predetermined, in- in- predetermined increments to their betting. I don't necessarily do that. I evaluate game by game how much I want to risk. But uh, a lot of guys will just uh, mechanically lay it out and to great success most of the time. So do you use the so-called confidence levels, meaning that you bet bigger amounts on teams playing worse teams and lower amounts on teams when they are more evenly matched? Uh, in, in my system, I use, uh, I use confidence levels. Um, it, it's basically my uh, layman's terms for how I feel about a series based on what parameters are met and what parameters are not. So we'll have anything from low confidence to high confidence. Most of my bets this season have been half a unit, and we've, we've hit most of them. I've been more aggressive in the past, and this year I've been a little more conservative as we felt things out, but 
I've had bets go all the way up to five, six units, depending on uh, how much they fit my system. Now, with baseball, I know that the teams usually play three-game series, meaning three games in a row against the same team. But, Mark, as you know, sometimes you have shorter two-game series or even sometimes longer four-game series. Do you approach those differently? How do you handle those? The uh, the two-game series are, for the most part, new this year. Uh, there's never been historically this many two-game interleague home-and-home series like they've done so much of this year. Um, it's it's definitely interesting because you can't take these two-game series, even when they're back-to-back, as a four-game because the parameters change as you switch home teams. So you do have to look at them in isolation. Um, sometimes they occur in isolation, obviously, but um, you, you have to take them as an, an A-B as opposed to an A-B-C. Um, two-game series are difficult. You don't have the same statistical edge as you would over a full three-game head-to-head where the teams get familiar and... Uh, the desperation factor comes in towards the end. Uh, you do have to be more confident, I think, to chase these two-game series. Uh, I do incorporate A-B bets into my system as opposed to A-B-C. Um, as for the four-game series, I evaluate them in the same way the A-B-C. You just have one extra bet. Um, it can get out of control, though. If you lay four sharp lines and lose a series... That can deplete a bankroll really quickly. So, again, if you're going to go A, B, C, D, you have to have uh, some high confidence in it. Uh, I do think that it's nice to have that extra game between two of the same teams with the same pitching all announced and evaluated appropriately for four games. Uh, I kind of view it as an advantage when you're doing a chase, but you do have to be prepared to lay out a D-bet if you want it to come to that. We historically haven't really gotten to that point, um, and I have dropped if I don't like the way the series is going. So what are the main filters for you when selecting a team for progression? Uh, the filters I use in my progressions or even in my flat betting system, really the evaluations are all the same. I want all parameters to fit as well as they can when I'm doing a chase. So I want confidence in every single game all the way through. Whereas with a flat bet, I just have a high confidence in one game knowing I don't have the statistical edge going forward. So um, the parameters that are most important to me are my personal evaluations of pitchers and my personal evaluations of the rosters. Um, I incorporate who I think the better lineup is and who the better pitcher is that day uh, very heavily into my uh, system. And then those two weigh in. I I look at them first. I want them both to align. After that, I look at uh, who the home team is. People, Teams really do have an advantage when they're the home team and uh, they play better and they hit net last and there, there are just edges to being on your home field and being comfortable. So home field is a, a big edge in baseball. Um, I look at momentum. If the best team in the world comes in and they're not playing good baseball, they're susceptible to lose to anybody. So anytime that extra element of volatility presents itself, I try to avoid a game like that. So momentum is important. If you have the better team going in the right direction with a better pitcher and the better lineup and they're facing a team that is weaker on the road and not playing good baseball, everything's in your favor to have a progression because the odds are even if they turn it around, they won't be able to maintain it through the whole series and you have these edges for you in every game. The last portion of this really is uh, the computer algorithm output. I evaluate everything Zico says. It's harder to do on progressions because you're kind of looking into the future and momentum is such a big parameter for the computer. So uh, really it holds for the first game. And then when I go reevaluate my bet size for the B bet or the C bet, I use the computer to uh, 
make sure that uh, that element of human emotion is out of it. You know, there are there are teams that I hate. There are teams that I love, and I can use this computer to take some of that bias out of it and make sure I'm actually founding my analysis in uh, in real facts and real true analysis. Because you know, I'm a big Yankee fan. I would bet the Yankees every day if I could, but you know, there's that part of you that goes, well, that would be really, really bad, so don't do that. And the computer kind of levels that out for me. Um, so when I have all my parameters set, um, I look at the value in the line to determine how big of a wager I want. If I think that the line should be significantly higher and I'm getting good value, um, it makes it a lot easier to go into a chase progression because I that element of fear of your C bet being eight hundred dollars when all you wanted to do was win fifty uh, is gone when you have a, a high value line. Um, when you have really sharp lines, I tend to stay away because anything can really happen in baseball. It takes a, a very high confident wager to cancel out the low value in the line. So I come into it from two approaches. You know how much uh, if I think there's value in the line, and even if there isn't, is my confidence strong enough to overweigh the hesitation caused by a sharp line? But when all parameters align, that's really when I only go into those chase progressions. Okay, so I'm new to the world of sports investing, and I hear a lot of people saying that ABC progressions are too risky and that I need to avoid them. But talking to you, you've made a lot of profit using your selective approach. So how do you stay so selective and avoid overbetting with your progressions with so many games to choose from every day? I kind of approach it from the opposite perspective that most people do. Um, Most people look at a game and say, who do I want to bet? And I look at a game and say, can I convince myself not to bet this game? So I look at all the parameters in my system, and if anything gives me hesitation, if I can write, you know, this parameter is unsatisfied because, so I'm not betting this, I do. But when everything, uh, when everything aligns, I'm, I feel kind of forced to say, all right, this fits my system, so I'm doing it. And approaching it backwards like that allows for a really high level of discretion. I also only bet chase progressions where I think my team is going to win every single game. I see a lot of guys who go into this ABC approach thinking, these are two evenly matched teams. It probably won't be a sweep. I'll just pick one. And I think that's uh, the exact opposite way to go into it. I think the best thing to do with a chase progression is uh, look at it and say, these are three games that if viewed in isolation, I would bet them. I would pick this team to win game one, then game two, then game three. I'm going to do an ABC progression, and if I win one of those games at any point, I'm going to stop betting. And when you do it that way, you can have a lot of profitability. I mean, we through the course of the entire season last year, I think we had a total of uh, 55 progressions, counting our AB doublers. Um, this year, we're on a very similar pace. You know, I I still flat bet if if I see an edge in one game, but I don't see the follow up game for two or three uh, going the way I want. I'll put a bet in on game one, but it's usually smaller, and it's it's just isolation, high confidence. I think this game will win, but I'm nervous about game two. Um, the ABC progression is I like all three games. So it's, it's easy to limit yourself because the odds of thinking you're going to win every single game in a series, are it, it's pretty limited that these occur. But we've had great success so far since incorporating it into our system. Okay, well, that makes sense to me, and I can see why you can move forward in confidence with that. But what are the main pitfalls then for those who do ABC progressions? I think we touched on the first issue, um, and that's certainly selectivity, because it takes takes one or two 
bad progressions in a row to undo months of hard work and months of winning. Uh, if you miss two big progressions, if you go in with too much confidence and you find yourself chasing, um, it's it's a funny situation to be laying a thousand dollars to win, you know, fifty or a hundred. Um, it's not something that. Yeah, you want to find your, it's not a place you want to find yourself often. I think that uh, the danger of the chase progression is that element of volatility in wager size, not necessarily in the selections of the games, just that if you get to a C bet, you're laying a lot of money to cover those losses for very limited profit. So there's, there's a risk involved. And if you're not using enough discretion, you find yourself in those high risk situations far too often and it won't work out for you. But if you can consistently, um, select uh, the correct games and stay very tight with your system and make sure you're not uh, overbetting. I think that that risk is mitigated. Uh, we've only had a couple C bets in the last two years. I, most of them hit on the A bet. So uh, I think the progressions are dangerous and scary because there is that element that, you know what, in two days I might be laying 10 units on this series where I've already lost two games. And that's a uh, a scary thought, and if you're getting involved in that situation too often, you're in trouble. So I think uh, the big pitfalls of the ABC is it only takes a couple mistakes to undo all of your success. You probably have to win 90% of them to really carry out um, a high win, uh, a high profit level. I, I try to avoid risky bets. I stick to a very consistent system. I think our biggest loss, even on missed progressions, has been four or five units, and. Um, we were on pace. We, we were up to around $1,800 in profit after two months. So those losses are covered by, by the system. So I, I don't really view it as a, a pitfall. I think it can be avoided, but I could see how people getting into it with limited knowledge and too much aggression could really fall apart in an ABC system very quickly. All right, Mark. Well, let's move on and talk about AB mini doublers. What does that mean and how does that work? My AB doubler is just a, uh, it's a progression that doesn't have three games. So it'll either apply to a two-game series, um, which before used to be kind of isolated to make-up games and, and weird situations. Now they've really incorporated the two-game series into baseball a lot. Um, you used to see it very infrequently where it's only two games, but now they do this interleague schedule throughout the year, and it's very different. But... The AB doubler logic still applies. Um, I typically used it when you had a three-game series and you were jumping in on game two or a four-game series and you're jumping in on game three um, where maybe the first pitcher isn't as strong. Maybe you have a situation where the rotation is in their fifth guy and then you're going to have your ace and your number two coming up and you match up well with the other team. So it's not a full ABC, you know, whole series progression. It's usually just a portion of that or I don't like the third game, so I'm not going to bet it no matter what. I'm only going to take the first two. Uh, it, it isolates the series. Um, there's still that statistical edge. I just know that I only think they're going to win two games instead of three. Um, it's a little more volatile in that respect, but again, I have to be a higher level of confidence in those two games to go after it because we do lose that three-game statistical edge. So it's it's different, but it's the same parameters. It's the same evaluation in the system. I just know I'm not going to follow it out to a third game for whatever reason. They stop playing each other. I just don't like it. Um, it doesn't fit for whatever reason. 
Well, what about the doubleheaders? Now, we have a large international audience who might be new to betting baseball, so the doubleheader just means when you have two games played in the same day. How do you bet those? Yeah, um, you know, the doubleheaders, I, I view the same way. A lot of people think that there is a, a difficulty in winning both games, but uh, when you're evaluating these games, you don't know which game the teams are going to go after. Uh, a lot of times you'll see stars sitting the second game. Catchers, you'll always have split the game, so it does... Uh, Doubleheaders are a little more volatile, but it is it is a little more difficult to beat the same team twice in one day. Um, and if you can look at a doubleheader and apply that same logic, you know, hey, I think this team's going to win both games today, um, you can go into that doubleheader, place your A bet. If you lose the first game, continue to the second game and place a B bet, knowing that they just played each other, this game's probably going to be tighter, and I think there's an edge for my team in this game. The first half of this MLB season was pretty tough for many cappers who were burned by so many unexpected sweeps. But this doesn't really seem to be the case for you. Now, I know you've kind of already touched on this and told us that you approach only betting on games or series that you have high confidence in that you know the outcome of. But if you wouldn't mind, let's drill down on this a little more because I'm interested. And tell us about how you avoided the risky series and stayed so profitable. Um, you know, I, I watched I watched all that unfold and was uh, very happy that our system kind of protected itself. Um, it, we got lucky uh, in that regard. You know, we avoided all the really, really shocking upsets. But I think that um, people get so excited in the beginning of the season that baseball's back and we're going to make so much money. Let's do so many ABC progressions and try this new thing out. Um, for me, it was... Uh, it was just one more thing to be wary of, you know. It was one more element of volatility to all these series. You know, we never knew what what could happen. You know, who are, what players are going to fall apart this year? What pitchers are going to have great years or collapse? You know, everything was up in the air. So, um, we went in with small unit sizes, where even if um, even if we missed, it wouldn't have been a big deal because you know we were betting a half unit and. Uh, would have only gotten up to about a four-unit loss anyway, but we, we had a great deal of success. We started out really hot. Um, I just was even more cautious than I usually am. I, if I could talk myself into the tiniest inkling of hesitation, I avoided it. The one exception we had this year, we, had, we were 15-1 and one to start the year on progressions. We had a small progression on the Royals um, against like the Twins or something. And uh, we lost that progression. It was low confidence, but the twin, the the Royals had their three best pitchers, you know, Shields and Vargas, and um, I think maybe Ventura, the young kid, um, and they got swept. And it was a difficult series. It was early, but uh, now I evaluate those teams uh, uh, very differently than I did then. I thought the Royals were going to have a good year. Then they slumped for forever. Now they're in first place in the Central. So uh, it, it's tricky. You. You have to follow it very tightly. I was shocked that they got swept. Then they played them again a week later, and they beat up on them. So, you know, the analysis for the game was right. We just missed it. Um, And that's an element of baseball where you can never be completely certain. There's always that element of volatility. That guy might just not have it that day. That team might not show up for a series. So... The, the tricky thing about those early season progressions is you don't know who to trust, and then on top of it, they might not show up. So uh, you have to keep in mind that everything can be very volatile, that you know your favorite team or the team you think will have a great year might start out cold, and usually they do, especially if they have new pieces. So anytime there was any 
element of hesitation at all. I did not bet those games. And the series that we did eventually get into, I was 100% confident in all three games, and it really paid off. So now that the unexpected sweeps have already happened and everybody is warmed up, what are your expectations for the second half of the MLB season? You can see Vegas starting to shift. Um, The lines are getting sharper. They're starting to realize who can uh, uh, be relied on and who can't. You have pitchers like Verlander with an ERA up around five that are really struggling that historically were very good. You have uh, the young, unknown pitchers starting to establish a name for themselves. So you can tell that lines are shifting, and it's starting to get difficult to bet again. Um, So as far as the second half goes, my system, I am constantly evaluating these teams and these pitchers and trying to figure out who I trust the most. And you just have to take it day by day. Like I said, those Royals, they... (laughs) They lost my first progression of the year. I was really frustrated because last year we lost one all year, and I had already got my first loss. I was shocked. Um, You watched them fall way behind and uh, well below 500, and then all of a sudden they won something like nine games in a row and shot up to first place, beat up on the Tigers, and have control of the division. So um, baseball is a game of uh, cycles and Teams get hot and teams go cold, and the second half is usually dictated by moves teams make and chemistry and uh, desperation. So I think that um, you'll see experience and you'll see uh, well-coached teams remain consistent, but there will also be some some volatility that we just have to evaluate as we get there. It's not something that you can really look at right now and say, you know, I expect these trends. I, I don't believe in betting trends. I think that uh, everything has to be evaluated every single day and every game needs to be watched as closely as possible so that you can really, really stay on top of it to the same level that Vegas is doing. Now, historically speaking, some teams like the Pirates start to fade in the second half while others like Boston, the Cardinals start to surge in the second half. So what teams do you expect to fade and which teams do you think are going to get into the top five in the second half? I think you're starting to see it now. Um, you know, teams like the Giants, where I thought all year they were pretty mediocre, average lineup, decent pitching. How are they 20 games above 500 so quickly? And then they lost eight games in a row uh, or something, uh, a couple series in a row. Um, right now they're cold. And I think you'll see teams start to level off uh, as long as the analysis is correct um, to where they should have been. Um, Coaching and experience are so big to teams like Cardinals, uh, like the Cardinals and like um, the Red Sox, where you can see them surge because they have that winning pedigree. They have a coach who knows how to win. They have experienced leadership on their team, and they know that the first couple months mean very, very little. Um, you can see the Yankees starting to turn around. Um, you can see teams like uh, the AL Central is so volatile right now. The Tigers historically are the better team in that division in the last five years. The Royals are young, and they're good, and they're really hot, and they have a good rotation. Will they be able to keep that up? So for me, it's difficult to say you know, who's going to finish at the very top um, and who's going to collapse, but you can see that these streakier teams uh, are starting to show themselves as very volatile and teams to stay away from, especially in those progression betting, uh, those progression betting systems. I think it's, uh, it's very difficult to predict at this stage. Teams are getting healthy again, and they're going to be making moves in the next month. And I think after that, you'll have a, a more clear um, evaluation of where teams will end up. I do think that the, the Blue Jays are going to fall off. I was shocked by how hot they started. I don't think they have the, the team to 
keep that up throughout the year, I think the Giants are going to fall off as well. Um, and I think it opens the door for those teams that historically do get hot. I think the Cardinals are they're anchored in pitching. That's not a team that's going to go away. Um, the same is true of like the Braves uh, in the East. I think losing your ace in the beginning of the season completely threw the roster um, into a very volatile, difficult place to evaluate them because now everyone slots up one spot and Julio Teran, uh, he's uh, he stepped up as their ace and they look really good. I think that they can find some consistency down the stretch and take that relatively weak division. Um, there's a lot of divisions right now that I just think are completely up in the air, though. Um, I don't know what will happen with the Royals and Tigers in that race in the Central. The West is a total mess. I don't trust the Athletics lineup to carry them through the year. The Rangers and the Angels have a lot of big names, but they don't ever put it together. I think that's a, a big mess, and it's uh, easy to stay away from. I expect the Cardinals to be reliable. They've been so consistent this year. They avoid sweeps. They're, they're a good team to bet when you have value and when their pitching lines up, especially Wainwright. And then uh, I don't think the Giants will keep this up uh, out west either. So I think there's uh, a lot of room for some shifting in the divisions. But as far as um, will these streaking teams stay hot, you really don't know because they're young and they've got the pitching. They just don't have that winning pedigree. I think it creates a, an element of volatility that you really have to avoid and watch closely as the season goes on. Now, if we look back when we started our podcast uh, with episode one with the MLB preview that you wrote in Z Code, what are your biggest surprises so far this year since then? I mean, what went according to plan? What do you think were the biggest upsets? I mean, was it the Blue Jays, the Brewers? What kind of caught you by surprise, if anything? Again, the Brewers have kind of leveled off. The uh, the Giants have definitely leveled off. And uh, the Blue Jays are within a game of the Yankees in the loss column. Uh, so I think that you're starting to see those hot starts come back down to earth a little bit. But those teams were absolute surprises. Um, once we realized that the Blue Jays were, um, were hot, uh, we got away from them. Uh, because I don't think they have the talent to stay as uh, as dominant as they've been. Uh, you know, Mark Burley is having the year of his career. Um, I don't expect him to finish the year 25 and seven with an ERA around two. Um, I think that you'll see that from uh, the Brewers as well. They have the pitching has carried them a bit, and every once in a while they'll explode for 10 runs. So they're they're a really interesting team to watch, but. When you're evaluating those ABC progressions, do you really want $1,000 riding on a C-bet on Kyle Lowe's or something like that? I, I don't personally, so I've been avoiding them too. And we watched them lose six of seven and then come back and win four of five. So they're a really difficult team to evaluate. I don't think they're going to hold off uh, the experienced, longtime powerhouses of that division. I don't see them as a playoff team. They've been a nice story, but I think they'll collapse as well. Uh, the Giants have been interesting. Tim Hudson having an amazing year. Um, those teams are just, uh, they've been so dominant early on that it's difficult to say I think they're going to collapse, but they are so streaky as well. I, I really don't see the Giants holding on to that, that, that division all year. So uh, they're the three biggest surprises, but I don't think any of it will really last. And the consistent teams are starting to make their moves. The, the Yankees have caught all the way back up. They're, they're winning games again. They look really good. They're healthy. Um, the Braves have been very streaky in slumps, and the lineup doesn't hit, and then all of a sudden they'll start hitting and they'll win a bunch of games in a row. I think the division's so weak that you'll see the Braves start to pull away a little bit um, with the Nationals, but the rest of that division, the, the Mets are five games out right now. 
I don't think the Mets will be there at the end of the year. So it's uh, it's an interesting time in baseball. It's hard to predict exactly who is going to get after it and who's going to get hot. But the, those three big surprises, I don't expect to hold. Of course, I know it's too early to really tell or get into specifics, but could you at least try to attempt to list some teams that you think will make the playoffs, in your opinion, or might be surging in the second half? Um, I think you'll see the Braves take the East. I think you'll see the Yankees, uh, if they can stay hot. They found some some good young pitching to fill in the holes right now, and the team is starting to go. So I think the Yankees will take that division. I think the Cardinals are always there. It's really hard to say they're not going to make the playoffs. They've got a great team again. It gets a little dicey the rest of the way. I think the Tigers will take overtake the Royals, but honestly, I'm not betting on that. I've been avoiding those teams this year pretty aggressively. They are so streaky and so inconsistent. Injuries play into that a little sometimes, but I just don't think uh, either team is the clear-cut favorite there. Um, you'd love to think the Royals could be a playoff team. You feel bad for those small market teams, but I uh, I don't really know that they can hold up. So my guess would be the Tigers, but as far as a betting day-to-day perspective, I'm I'm not really touching that. Uh, and out west, I think it's a big mess. <laughs> um, I'm, I I like the Rangers, but I don't um, they don't really have it this year. I, I think the Athletics probably can take that division. I love. Sonny Gray, and I, I love that pitching rotation. I just, um, my life on the line would never pick the Athletics. I don't think their their lineup is really a playoff caliber lineup. There's only a couple guys who I respect in there. So I, I think it's difficult to say, you know, that they are a top team, but I do think they're the top team in the West and the most consistent, and they have so much pitching. It's like the, the glory days back when uh, Jason Giambi was on that team playing my Yankees. They had the, the big three pitching rotation. They kind of have that again. I'd like to see the Giants uh, stay hot. I've got a lot of friends who are Giants fans, but I just I, I don't know that they can uh, they can pull it out. Um, they've had a great start, but it's it's really difficult um, to say out, out west. The, those teams are also mediocre. <laughs> They're also consistently mediocre. That when the playoffs come around, they surprise you because all of a sudden they've been there all year and they put a couple wins together and they're a championship caliber team. So they. Anybody can take it, and honestly, in the playoffs, anybody can win it. But I think the other divisions have a bit more of a polarization between the best teams and the weaker teams. So for me, I'm looking to uh, those matchups with the uh, David versus Goliath kind of scenario. Um, and, and I really look to the East and the Central divisions for uh, those matchups, where you have those small market clubs that just can't beat anybody. Um, there's obviously exceptions. I don't bet against Chris Sale. Um, for the White Sox, ever. I, I think the guy is capable of throwing a perfect game every single day. And uh, no matter who he's playing, he presents a really difficult element, in your, in, especially in progression betting. If you end up having to face him with big money on the line, um, you know you, you could drop a, a full season's profit with one, okay, the White Sox are a bad team, so ABC against the White Sox. If Chris Sale's involved, I'll never do it. So all those teams have their players that can beat you, but I think that uh, the elite teams, um, the teams that we see every year, the Yankees, the Braves, uh, the Nationals to a degree, um, because they're beating up on weaker teams, I think they're the easy prediction to be there in the end. And what about the Dodgers? Uh, The Dodgers... They're so inconsistent this year. Uh, Don Mattingly came out and said, you know, um, I think that chemistry is to blame and all these things. And uh, it kind of gave them a little spark. I don't know if they 
can pull it all together. They're so dysfunctional out there. Um, I love Grinky. I love uh, Kershaw. Is the the Kershaw Grinky A B back to back is is so difficult for teams to beat. I really really like that one two punch, and I've I've bet it a lot this year. Um, but I really. As far as the whole season goes, filling in the pieces, I don't know what they're going to do. They they seem like a big mess. They feel like the Red Sox when they had Bobby Valentine as their manager, when everything collapsed, even though they had a great team, and then the next year, new coach, World Series. You know, So they have the talent. They're a great team. I just don't know what to make of them yet. <laughs> They've been... Uh, I've, I've bet them when those situations arise where they have those aces going against weaker teams, but... Uh, there's too inconsistent for me. I, I don't really like the element of volatility that they bring to every series they're in. So I, uh, I'm a little down on the Dodgers right now, but I can really see them turning around and taking that division. They're the reason that I don't necessarily see the Giants holding out over the course of the whole year. Well, I guess as a way of wrapping it up, Mark, you're pretty popular in the Zico community. Do you have any final words or maybe tips to the followers of your MLB system? I think it's it's all about discretion. I feel like I say this every time we talk, but uh, it's it's about finding those games where everything fits the system. Where um, in baseball, it's about all three games lining up properly um, and all parameters being uh, satisfied. I, I think that it, people get into trouble with baseball because it's every day and you get it get that itch. And you know, there's no hockey, baseball. Baseball's the only sport right now. There's no hockey, no basketball, no football. Um, what am I going to bet besides the World Cup? Um, so I think when people uh, get antsy and start throwing money at things, you always can run into trouble. Um, but the trick is that long-term goal, make sure all the parameters of the system are satisfied, and don't go into series where you think uh, we'll probably win one game. Go into series where you think I'm going to win all of these games, so I'll bet it with an ABC progression. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. You are a wealth of information, and we wish you all the best and really look forward to watching you make some really great profits this year, sir. Thank you. What a great interview. I hope you enjoyed the insights from Mark, and I know it will help you in your baseball sports investing. Remember, you can follow Mark's ABC system on the Z Code VIP members forum, as well as other great winning baseball systems such as Alpha Trend, Anti Public Systems, Line Reversal Systems, and many more. Last year, we made over 150 units of profit betting different MLB systems and expect this season to be just as good, if not better. And remember, if you have a question, we do want to hear from you. Ask our experts directly by going to zcodesystem.com forward slash three questions and ask your three questions. Talk to you on the next podcast. Thanks and have a great one.